Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 99%. My name is Jesse Vondracek. I'm here with Elliot. Hey, everybody. And Marilyn. Hey, guys. Hopefully, I do that in a different order every time. I, I really try to, but then I don't remember what I did the last time. I think you're mixing it up pretty well. Ooh, sweet. Okay. Today, we are going to talk about fatigue, something that we all know a lot about. But uh, in general, or more specifically, we're going to talk about pandemic fatigue. We've all been dealing with a pandemic for a very long time. Everyone is pretty tired of it. And uh, we're, we're kind of all ready for it to be over. Unfortunately, it is not quite over yet. I hate to disagree with Texas, but that's my personal <laughs> stance. Um, I mean, just the other day, I saw someone who I hadn't seen in a year. So my natural response was to walk up and give them a hug. And then like halfway through, I got super awkward and I was like, oh crap, like, should I be doing this? And I like froze and like robotically backed away like a weirdo. Cause I was like, oh, I just gave you a hug and like, you're from a different state. And what do I, I need like Lysol for my mouth or so I don't even know what to do. Um, but yeah, it's just cause like we've been in this pandemic for a while and, uh, and it's easy to kind of let your guard slip. I don't know if you guys have yep. had any, any similar close encounters with people where you, uh, this very morning drug testing came for Erica and I usually get out of the bed first. And, and so I go and I open the door and it, like we were asleep and, uh, I go open the door and I open the door and I'm just like, Oh, that's right. Like somebody's coming into my house. I need to put on my mask. And I'm like, you know, in my sweatpants with no shirt on. Cause you don't want to leave doping control waiting for too long at the door. Um, and so then we're stumbling around the house in the dark, trying to slap masks on. Cause you don't remember to put it on before you get to the door, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been almost a year. So, yeah, I mean, we just had, um, people in from different places for a little training week in Tucson and it was the same thing. Super weird. I walked up and I haven't, you know, I haven't seen these people since last year and I was, you know, used to talk to them every day through email and training peaks. And I was like, ah. I want to give the same thing. Like I'm a hug person. And I was like, Oh, Hey, like elbow bump. How's it going? We've all, you know, it's just it's so awkward. And, um, unfortunately I, I don't know if it's like, do we treat it as this is our new norm or are we still waiting for it to end? That's sort of like the medium I'm always waving in between is like with all of this stuff, as we go through the conversation, is this like, this is our new normal and we need, you know, or is this like, are we waiting to transition out of this? And I think that's a big question we're all asking about a lot of different things and, and how to manage it. Yeah, it is a tough one. I mean, I, I really hope it's not the new normal and I hope we're moving towards a little bit more back to life as we know it. Um, but it is a tricky situation for all of us to deal with. Like, I mean, the vaccine is rolling out and hopefully more and more people will get vaccinated and that'll help us get back to normal. And I guess before we start talking about too much into vaccines and the, the pandemic specifics, I should clarify that none of us are actually doctors and any actual advice we give that has any sort of medical connotation is purely our opinion. And there's, I mean, there's only like speculative. Yeah, We've got so, Google. We're, we didn't check all the sources. Yeah. So take this with a giant <laughs> grain of salt and, you know, just don't... Uh, don't only rely on this as your source for pandemic resources, please. That's probably a wise choice. <laughs> well, I mean, we're also, we're here to talk specifically about triathlon 
and eventually like return to racing and how has a year off of racing really kind of affected the psyche of all of us, whether it's a coach or an athlete. Right. And so, yeah. And I guess what, what will that new race scene look like? Like I'm, I'm just about a week out from a race back and it's going to look pretty different than races I've been to in the past. Um, from, from my understanding, we're all going to show up with a negative COVID result before we're allowed in the area. We're all going to be stuck in a, a wing of the hotel where we're basically quarantined besides that and the actual racetrack that we'll be racing on. And, and then everyone will be in that same boat, either vaccinated or has a, a negative COVID test within 48 hours. And then once we all get there, we all get tested again. So it's kind of this very like, we're getting, we're making sure everyone there is like clean, if you will. And then we're all allowed in the area together. So hopefully that'll work and that we'll all be able to be there together. And those negative test results will prove to be enough that no one will kind of sneak COVID in. Cause I think once we get there, we might be in closer quarters than any of us would like just with the way a race plays out. Um, but we'll see if that's able to go off. Maybe that'll mean that more races can go off with kind of that similar protocol, but I hope that's not the protocol that lasts forever with racing. It's probably really changed the dynamic too, Jesse, of that, like, typically, obviously over the year, a lot of professionals are spread out over a number of races and certain pros have um, more choices of where they want to race and, and be able to decide a little bit more about the type of field that they want to race. But I was even riding with a couple of people yesterday that are, that are also still racing professionally. And it's like, well, you go into the race and they're, and they said, <laughs> I mean, there's a race, we all got to go there. The fields are going to be deep and deep. And, um, because everybody's like, well, there's one or two races happening. And so everybody shows up. So I think just even that adds a whole nother psychological dynamic that is new for everyone, you know, and went right from the very top end right through the field and right down through the professional ranks. I know pr other professionals who have tried to get into that race and there just simply wasn't enough spots. You know, there wasn't enough spots for everybody to get to go. So is that a good thing for racing? And this is a tiny bit off topic of what we were talking about originally with pandemic fatigue, but it, it falls in line with racing and it being different in terms of what the pandemic has done. You know, we, we've never been in this situation before other than maybe world championships in Hawaii or, you know, other world championship races where everyone knows that they've qualified to be there. But this is, this, this is like a completely different thing, you know? Um, this was a first con we're, So for the listener, we're talking about challenge Miami, which is going to happen on, Oh, what is it? Jesse, March 12th, March 13th. Right, yeah. 12th. Yeah. March 12th. Um, and it's a non-draft pro race, which is what Jesse is going to. And they, they basically only had it so many spots for professional athletes and a few of those spots were reserved for very fast people like world championship caliber folks. But then after that, it was just first come first serve, you know, and I, there's pros I coach who would like to be racing who, who didn't get in basically because they asked to get on the list too late and it was already filled up. Um, and that's the, that's the scenario they're in and they're trying to make a profit of putting the race on. Um, I think competitive races are great. You know, I think, and it's uh, supposed to be broadcasted live, right, Jesse? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think having more competitive races is is really good for the sport. I think 
for me personally, it's not the best. I think that when there's a bunch of world championship guys there, it's a little tougher for me to sneak in the money. But I, I do hope that if we can bring big, fast fields to more races, then maybe the, the organizations will see a need to pay slightly deeper with less races. Maybe we can kind of increase that purse so that there can be a, a slight trickle down to, to more than say top 10 when, when you do end up with, you know, like 20 guys that have won Ironman or 170.3 all in the same starting line together, all trying to make a little bit of money. Um, so that's kind of my hope. There also might yeah. be some new limits, like some really special performances that come out of people that they wouldn't expect because, you know, competition does that, right? You know, all of a sudden you're competing in a field that you never expected you, you might Maybe you wouldn't, it wouldn't have been presented to you any other time. And it's like, you might see some really, really cool things. All of a sudden it's a really deep field. The race is tighter. It's closer. People are racing faster, faster than they've ever had to race. Um, you know, it could be pretty exciting, you know? So in terms of positive things that possibly come out of this pandemic, that's not necessarily a pandemic fatigue thing, but it's a, you know, a change for sure. And it, it could, it's not necessarily a bad change. That could be, like you say, it could be good for the sport sports development from a financial standpoint, but also just from a competitive standpoint and raising the bar and things like that are televised. And it's a very exciting race that long-term actually could be pretty good for our sport. You know, if it's exciting to watch, we've got some new formats now with the, with the racetrack, that kind of thing. So that could be more exciting for people to watch and get involved in, you know, I don't know. Chelsea loves flat pink flat <laughs> courses. It's just yeah. ideal for a shorter guy who's lightweight. That's exactly what they like. Those pancake yeah, flat courses. Perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I guess how that might extrapolate out to some like more age group athletes is, is I think that things like getting to Kona or qualifying for any sort of other world championships or age group championships is going to be in, they're going to be in the same position where, all the top amateurs are now forced to do the same races. So if you're looking at like trying to get your pro card or trying to get it, get a spot to a championship race, it's, it's going to be a little bit, a little bit harder. And St. George is going to be bonkers. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like to win the amateur field in St. George, you're going to be, you're going to be, have to have like a pro level time for both male and female. And, and, again, maybe that can be, maybe that'll be a good thing to help kind of raise the bar for what, what makes that for lack of a better term, elite amateur. Um, so yeah, I think that, that there's going to be that trickle down of, of everyone's going to have to go faster, which, which I think Marilyn's right in the end is going to be good for the sport, kind of make people level up a bit. You yeah. love that term leveling up. I really do. I say, uh, <laughs> What's interesting though, what I've noticed with people, because we've been in this pandemic for so long, is that now that these races are on the horizon, people are, whether we call it pandemic fatigue or they've been stuck in the same cycle or rut that they've almost gotten comfortable there. And they're like, oh, right, we're racing again pretty soon. And it's this we talked about it a little bit in the last podcast of like brushing up your skills and what needs to be addressed and specifically in triathlon stuff, but it's a real mind shift of people have almost, I've actually had athletes who had a race on their calendar, but they've settled so much into pandemic routine and life that they're like, Oh, I'm not even excited about the race anymore. I'm not going to bother. And they're, they're just like almost have drifted so far into that 
routine that they're they have forgotten how much fun going to these events is and what what that really brings to their life and you know the excitement of it and the joy of it it's almost it's almost like if people have gotten comfortable with these new these new patterns and and um there's a there's a like oh right i'm racing again and a wake-up call and like oh shit i gotta get on it and there's also a well, I've kind of settled into this new norm and I'm not going to bother anymore. I don't know if, what you guys have experienced with that. I've certainly had to sort of like shake people a little and say, like, remember, this is pretty fun. You're going to you're going to have a great time when you get back to the party. So let's let's get you know excited about that. Yeah, I think the like the eye on the prize, it's just been so long. Right. When like we're a year in or whatever, we're 51 weeks in, 52 weeks in, something like that. And when it was the first couple months and a lot of things were really, really shut down and maybe people weren't swimming, et cetera, it was really easy to just say, okay, well, races will happen in the fall. And then you just kind of push through. And I know for a lot of my athletes personally, a lot of them did a, just a great job of like kind of staying in the moment, like, okay, I need to do what's smart. And then we started to realize those races weren't going to happen. So then we transitioned to some time trials, but like at this point, I think most of them just want to race anything like literally anything i had a phone call earlier where the, the athlete said i'm just going to sign up for anything that opens up i do not care what it is and it's kind of like and so that's the one side of it and then the other side of it is i got really comfortable getting fit or i got really comfortable in my routine and triathlons like it's a lifestyle right so you can be a triathlete without ever racing but i think a lot of people sometimes like there's the people who get into the trap of all they want to do is race, which can be awesome if that's all, all you want to do. But then the flip side is like that eventually will detract from performance. And then there's the people who all they want to do is the lifestyle, but then they get burnt out on the lifestyle without the race. And I kind of feel like that's the point we're in here. Is that what kind of you're saying, Marilyn? Exactly. It's like people, well, it's not only you get the ones that are burnt out on the lifestyle, but also like they've settled into the lifestyle and they're like, what's the point of even racing anymore? They're mm -hmm. like literally questioning the point of racing and they're just completely happy settled into, which there's not, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like I support that if that's what a person is happy doing, but it's interesting to see that that shift that it's like, no, for some people, it literally took away that focus of wanting to do any kind of event at all. And I wonder what that means for our sport or, you know, and differentiating from some athletes, oh, is that a good thing? And actually maybe just the lifestyle is what they need for their life. And that's, and just seeing constant progression and being involved in health and sport and that's okay. And it's actually been a good thing. And then other athletes, it's like, no, actually you're kind of in a bit of a rut here and I need to push you to get to an event. And I know you're going to be really happy once you do it. Um, so I think it's important to, to just dig through and recognize which, which of those is the right for the right person. Um, just because it's been so long without any choice, you know? Yeah. And I think just having the conversation with yourself, like what happened to me over the course of the last year, like, I guess specifically we're talking about racing, but it, it's definitely changes your perception. It's just been a long year, a long different year. Yeah. I mean, like throwing my athlete's hat on because I am getting ready to race is as I was approaching this race, there was kind of like that like, oh shit, do I really want to do this? I'm a hundred percent nervous. 
and like 0% excited or am I 100% excited and 0% nervous and I'm bouncing, <laughs> bouncing back and forth between the two. Cause it's like, well, I, I haven't put on, I mean, I, I, I put on a tri kit exactly twice in the last 12 months and both were to take pictures. So I don't even know if that counts. Um, well, did you look good? I mean, I'm still the subject of, of the camera. So the suit looks good. How's that? The suit looks good. Okay. Yeah, suit looks I think good. then, yeah, then it was a good, it was a good race. <laughs> good event. But you won. It's, you won. <laughs> I won. <laughs> I won. Uh, you won our hearts. <laughs> Sorry. Get back to it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fun to train and it's fun to like go pretty hard in training and, you know, maintain that 80% or whatever, but then to say, okay, I'm going to dial this up to a hundred and I'm going to train pretty hard and actually get, you know, whatever race ready, whatever that means for an individual. That's, that's a little harder than like lying inside that comfort zone and then going to a race where you are going to be measured by a very, very objective measure that you cannot change, right? That, the clock is going to be the same for everyone. Everyone's going to know how you do. And you have that kind of hanging over your head. And that can be really nerve wracking after not having to do that in so long. So, I mean, I keep making these excuses that I keep telling everyone about how Miami isn't a great race for me because I'm a short guy and it's flat circles, but it's mostly because I'm like pretty nervous about racing again. Cause I haven't raced in so long. And I see that same thing for my athletes where they're like, man, like, do I want to throw my hat in the ring? It's actually kind of easier if I don't. But I think what you forget is like, not only that is nervousness that happens before, but like that joy of racing and, and the camaraderie you get out of it and how you feel after and, and how it really usually doesn't exactly matter what the clock says at the end of the race. But like you find some joy and you learn some things about yourself. And there are all these benefits of racing that it's easy to shy away from because it's hard and you haven't done it in a while. And it's so foreign at this point. But I think for most people, like trying to push them back towards that is, is where they, where they love to be, even if it is hard and scary. And I mean, maybe people find out how much they love it and maybe they do race a little bit less or whatever it is. But I think that that joy of racing and that joy of like really throwing it out there is, is something that a lot of people are going to come back to. And hopefully we can just kind of help them get back there. Like Marilyn said, maybe some people just want to stay fit and that's, that's awesome as well. But I think there is that joy there that hopefully a lot of people will come back to. And I think, uh, sorry, that, that like moment when you're racing, I know personally, like, cause I have not raced hardly at all the last handful of years, but, um, when you do pin on a number, you like get from the start line to the finish line, you just get to focus on the race and like nothing else in the world. And I know for a lot of people who do I often think about sport, food too during that, but <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but food related to performance, or are you just like sitting there, you're 300 meters into the swim and you're like, I got a new pina colada recipe or <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to eat an entire pizza after this race. I'll see you guys at the finish. Well, okay. For Jesse, he's going <laughs> to think about food, but for myself, I know like, even if I'm totally unprepared, I still kind of like, I get into race mode and then there's just this time period that's like blanked out in my mind and I get to focus on the race and nothing else. And I know personally, like, that's what I love about competition. Like that happened to me in other sports as well. Like I was just zoned in on the competition and just did not care about anything else in the world. Um, and I, I know like, for me personally, those are some of my most fun moments in life. Like that's literally why I'm out here living. 
Um, and that's also why I get really excited about coaching and hearing other people's stories uh, of kind of like a similar mindset. And, and so some people, the further you get removed from that, you kind of forget that, right? You forget that sensation. And, and maybe it's like a fleeting thing you kind of remember. And I also know every person has like a different perspective on why they got into racing. And for some people, it's, it's like the social aspect, right? Or pushing yourself with a carrot of using somebody else as opposed to yourself. Whatever your reason for racing is, I think now's a, a great time seeing as the chance of there not being races come July seems very slim, at least in the United States. Um, it seems like vaccine rolls out rollouts are looking great. Not obviously currently, but over the course of the next few months. So I think that's something we can all look forward to. And now's the time to, to sit back and be like, why did I like racing? Let's try to remember it's been a while. So. Yeah, I think, and also as coaches, you know, uh, it's, pushing people a little bit is a good thing because, um, most growth for most people in any area of their life comes from, you know, overcoming those, like you say, discomfort, fear, challenge. So if anybody's sitting in sort of their like pandemic fatigue, where they're thinking, ah, oh, why would I even bother racing anymore? Again, I've gotten comfortable in this, you know, I can do some virtual races. I can stay really fit. I can enjoy the lifestyle. But, you know, when you're challenged, that's when you see the most growth. And so if you're afraid to step, like you say, throw your hat in the ring again, that's probably when you're going to learn the most about yourself and, and really step up to a level that, you know, you, you necessarily wouldn't before. I know some of the, the biggest growth moments in my life is when I've been the most scared of something. And I just, someone literally put their foot on my butt and pushed me through that door and said, you're going to do this. And I had to step up and do it. And afterwards I was like, wow, you know, I had, I gained so many things and so much growth through that moment. So this might be one of those times where we'll see a handful of athletes that have settled and, it would be easy to say, that's okay if that's where you want to stay. But I think there's a responsibility also to, to at least question that a little bit and say, are you sure? Because I think if you push yourself through those challenges and, and, you know, like you say, get after those things that maybe you're afraid of, or, you know, giving that hundred percent instead of just 80% and maybe seeing success or failure out of that, that's where you're going to see the most growth from, from, yourself and, and other individuals. So I think it's worth, worth having that conversation with yourself or with your coach or with each other, that kind of thing. You're making me remember that I love a good failure, love a good athletic failure. It's just like, Oh, I, what happened today? Oh, I went out. I was super ambitious. How did it go? Ooh, not well. And they're like, why are you smiling? And you're like, well, how are you supposed to know it wasn't going to go well till you give it, gave it a go, you know? <laughs> And like, sure, it ended up terrible, but like you got a good story out of it and you learned something from it. And I think that the like you learn from your failures, right? Your your triumphs or your successes, you're like, I did it right. And here's how I did it right. But when you do something wrong, there's like all this room for growth, like you're saying. And it's kind of crazy to think, but like racing is a chance to fail in a way that you can't fail any other way. And that means that's a chance to grow. Um and so that's my positive spin for the day. I, I'm going to get into self-help after this. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And I mean, it also could be a, a good time of year to think about going back to some of those, those time trials that I feel like we're kind of big 
when we first got into the pandemic and we were like, oh, let's come up with some new events and we'll hold some, some time trials or some like socially distanced kind of race type things. And I actually just did a little like time trial half marathon with some, some of my athletes. And I had an athlete who didn't want to do it. He was like, nah, training wasn't going super well. And I was like, well, let's just show up. Like there's no, you know, you're going to go for a run that day anyways. So it's a marked course. You just come, come run it and like no pressure. And I think he PR'd by seven minutes in the half marathon. And he was just like, I didn't see that coming. It's like, well, you've actually been training consistently for whatever, like 12 months straight because there's been no races, nothing to break up your training. So even though you don't feel totally race ready or whatever it is, you, you might actually be in, in much better shape than you think you are. And, and you just need a, a place to express it. So as, so I guess two points are that like, you might be more fit than you think you are. And the other point is that like, it might be a good time to think about practicing racing, whether it's just setting up a 10 K course for yourself or for you and your quarantine buddy or whatever it might be, but to kind of practice that feeling of going pretty hard and seeing how you respond in order to start thinking about jumping into an actual race before, before it comes along. So you get kind of those race nerves back. And I think it'll help people with the ones that have gotten to a point where it's been so long for them that they're in almost a, like, you know, caught in a, I don't, why am I even training anymore? They're sort of getting into, they've been by themselves for a really long time and they're in their own heads a little bit. It's like, if they can start to think about these things that you're talking about or set up these scenarios, it's going to help them get that excitement and fire back a little bit instead of just like, you know, there is a lot of like groundhog day and training in any sport. There isn't anything in really in life. You think about our day-to-day routine. It's like, you know, pretty repetitive. And so if something's been extremely repetitive and isolated for a long time, people get a little bit, you know, they get, it's, I, I've noticed through the spring here, things happen in cycles where some athletes are like maybe getting, hitting some of those low points again. And if you write out those goals again, set up some scenarios, see, write down those race dates again, throw on your kit, all of these things, maybe it'll get some excitement back going and, and um, some spark back going about why you're, why you're doing this and, and just the pure joy of it. Like we all talk about, we do this for fun. You know, we, we like it. It's fun. It's fun to go out there. And even if you do explode like a mushroom cloud out there, or you have like the best, a seven minute PR, it's like all of it's pretty fun. So, um, and it's, I always say like all this stuff we get to, we get to remember that we're alive inside. I mean, how many people in like day-to-day normal go about their lives and they never are challenged in any of these ways. And they never, they never get to be like so angry at themselves for like, you know, a little mistake and then have a laugh about it with 10 people and then get better for it. It's like their lives just don't get that kind of excitement and spark thrown in it. And, and, you know, we get that opportunity to do that with something pretty fun and discover things about ourselves. So I think it's just an important conversation to have and remember about, about all of this stuff. It's, you know, it's a, it's a good way to get out there and, and challenge yourself. Yeah, totally. Like it's, it's super easy to stay, stay in your comfort zone. But I think as we've kind of said, you don't really reach reap many benefits from staying in that comfort zone. It's, it's getting outside of that where you get those extreme emotions, which, which are what we all, what we all live for. Eh? So just to take a, a quick step back, like before I knew that challenge Miami was a race and a race that was actually going to happen. Like looking back to like, say November, December of 2020, I know like that's personally when I was in 
like a rut of, of my lowest rut where I was like going through the motions. I was training like 75%. I was like showing up to swim and I was going up and down the pool. I was putting my running shoes on and going for runs, but there wasn't really any, any joy or any, like any major goals. I was just kind of ticking over the sessions. And, you know, I say I was like having a beer or two quite regularly just to kind of like, cause there was no real reason why I needed to get a great night's sleep because I was just going to go train at 70% the next day. So why not have a couple of beers the night before and like still kind of show up and, and go through the motions. But, you know, I didn't, didn't really feel great. And like, it turns out when I'm not sleeping great and like having a couple of beers at night, like my relationship isn't as great as it is when I'm not doing that. And when I wake up in the morning and like need a cup of coffee before I can even think about like picking my child up. Cause I'm like only half awake. Like that's not, it's not like the best way to start my day. And, and as 2021 approached, I was like, okay, I don't know if there's going to be races this year. I have no idea what's going to happen, but this like kind of going through the motions and participating in life instead of like living life is not, is not how I want to be. And I kind of was like, okay, I need to like flip a switch and it doesn't need to be geared towards a race, but I need to start doing better than like a C at life. So I was like, I, I, I don't need to be an A. I don't even need to be an A minus. I can be a B plus. I'm happy with a B plus, but like, I need to not be a C or like a D that's not where I want to live. So I, I was like, New Year's is, doesn't really mean anything. I don't really believe in New Year's resolutions, but it was just like that turning point for us where I was like, okay, I'm going to like get some quality sleep and have some sessions that I'm going to try and nail. And it was kind of crazy, like three days of that. And I felt like a better human being. Like I wasn't building towards a race yet. I wasn't doing anything. I was just training like a little bit harder than I was before and trying to hit my goals and trying to like make the sessions count a little bit more. And I was like happier when I got home and was eating breakfast with my family and happier when I like went to bed and I was like, yeah, I like, I had a good workout and I'm excited to actually work out tomorrow. And it kind of got me out of that just like total airplane mode of just flying in standby for months and months. And yeah, there wasn't really any specific thing that made me flip that switch, except I was like, I'm not really living my best life in the moment. And luckily it turned out that a month later, I realized that there might be a race coming up. And so it kind of, it stacked the odds in my favor, but there was still that month where I, I didn't know that. And I was just like, like, I kind of became a happier person. Um, I think that's probably um, the best advice you could give every listener right now in this, this far into the pandemic. And like, that's a, that's a really if people really, really listen to that and they should probably listen to it like three or four times over, like hit rewind and listen to that again and again, because that, that whole idea of not only just like, you know, you're going to, it wasn't like, Oh, there's a race on the calendar. I'm going to have to go race for a paycheck here soon. It was, you took a step back and internally looked at where you were at in your, in your life, personally, how you felt inside, what you're bringing to the table on a day-to-day basis and you recognize that and you and you made a change and and stepping up to that made a change all around you know and i think that's a really everything you said there there were so many golden nuggets of important not only just in sports but like important life lessons that i think people should like re- 
just record that piece and just every time they feel a little bit in a lull, listen to it again. So that's, that's really great, Jesse. Thanks for sharing that. Making one active change, whether it's to do a sport or not can kind of like snowball, I guess is the summary of all that. Is that fair to say? Totally. Like, yeah. And it turns out like TV, isn't that fun. Like getting outside and like doing, doing something you actually enjoy doing and like being full on in the moment is like yeah. way better than doing like some half-assed version and then going home and like trying to find joy in some Netflix show. Well, and there's also, I mean, there's the whole old school, like motivation comes from, you know, old school and like big corporations motivation came from reward incentive motivation, right? Where, well, if you do this, this, and this, you get this raise or you get this promotion. It was like incentivized motivation. And they learned over the years, and there's been so many studies done that there's new, the the better way to motivate people is them becoming, um, sort of an active participant in the reward that they're going to get for their efforts and, and an ownership piece. And that's exactly what happened to you, right? As you went, I, I nailed that session because I wanted to, and because it was important to me. And when I did, I felt accomplished. I felt more confident. I felt better about myself. And then I came home and I was a better husband and I was a better dad and I was happier and I was excited about tomorrow. Like all of these things happened, not because someone was dangling a paycheck in front of you, which is, a different type of motivation, which ha- they've they've studied that, you know, to the ends of the earth as far as what how that works, the incentivized motivation within corporations to how motivation happens now, and and I think the pandemic has changed that even more with more and more people working from home, and you know, like we say, maybe less races. So there's not as much like actual. Here's your ticket to Kona. Here's your paycheck. Here's your medal. It's like these rewards of you took personal ownership of how you were going to feel and what the result was going to be and what that brought to your life. And it brought all these other rewards, which then motivated you again. And that's a different level of motivation that is then the, then of course, what's going to follow is maybe you will, you know, we all, we got the team MCC behind you. They saying like, well, might be flat and you might be short or whatever your excuses were for not ripping it at Miami, but they're like, you better, you're going to go there and win, you know, um, you got this whole team behind you. So I think, I think when we tar- talk in terms of ruts and pandemics and motivation, that story that you just um, told is, is a really, really important lesson for people. And if you look through studies of motivation in particular, the changes of motivation now with the way the world's changed in the last year, it's all really relatable. Yeah. And and you can, you can be cool with just doing one thing. Right. So in Jesse's case, right. He drank a few less beers. He got better sleep. Then he had a good workout and then everything just rolled into one another. So he leveled up his life. (laughs) (laughs) Leveled up. Nice. (laughs) I mean, I will say though, the, the allure of burritos for a year for breakfast is pretty, that's pretty good incentive too. Um, Wait, you get you get burritos if you work out more? Is that the deal? If I if I beat Jan, I get I get burritos for a year. Nice. Is that who? Is that uh, is that well known? Well, it, no, it's just between one of one of Maryland's athletes and I that he. Uh, oh, he I was <laughs> like, I want in him. on this. I'll beat him at thumb wrestling or something. He can't be great at everything. <laughs> I mean, he just might be great at everything. I'll have I'm a limbo sure. contest with him. I'm sure I can beat him at that. 
anyway, I feel like that was a pretty good. Yeah, you summarized that really well. So if you need the uh, little bit of motivation, there you go. And and if you need the like the tactical advice on how to execute, if you have no motivation and you're trying to build up a little bit of motivation to change the situation you're currently in, which I guess we're kind of all in, um, that's a good place to go. Awesome. Yeah. And if any listeners have questions, please feel free to reach out to any of us. And we are trying to work on like our, our podcast presence. So uh, it'd be great if you wanted to give our podcast a like or put a comment in there. And if you do have any, any comments that you want us to get back to, we can see comments on like iTunes or any of those platforms, we can't respond. So if you want a response, feel free to reach out to us on any of the social medias and we can actually give you a response there. But um, it'd be great to give us a like and a rating on podcast apps and yeah, fire some questions. And just so everybody knows, I think we're Mr. Jesse V, right? Yes. Marilyn. Yeah. You're yeah, at so Marilyn Chicota coaching. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> Wait, Chicota, what I? Like to, yeah. yeah, I believe so. <laughs> I and, think so. <laughs> yeah. and I'm at Elliot Bassett or mountain endurance. So nice. Great. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thanks everybody. Have a great day. Cheers. Bye.